Shaky Town Radio Hour is on the air in 2014. This is Brody Foster Hubbard in the city of Los Angeles, California. We cover uh, writers and artists and zinesters and musicians and comedians and all sorts of creative folks on this show. We talk about the struggle to stay creative and to make a living, to put food on your table, the Mm -hmm. hustle, everything you have to do to get yourself out there, get your name out there, get your work out there. Gene George, uh, co-founder of the show, is on assignment. I don't know what that means. It just means he'll be joining us at a later episode. But we have a lot of folks uh, to fill his shoes today. The dreamy and delightful Daisy Noemi, who, if you've listened to the show in the past, you've heard her uh, next to me on uh, many live recordings of events around Southern California. Uh, zine events. Uh, Daisy's going to be here. He's bringing a friend. We're going to talk about that friend in a little bit and what that friend is here to do. Uh, We will also be joined by Cheryl Klein. Um, She's a writer who I first met at a uh, Razor Cake Gorski press reading at Skylight Books. Uh, She did a very interesting short story that uh, I'll have her tell you more about. Uh, She's also... um, Works for Poets and Writers in the California office, director of uh, readings and workshops. Uh, she did a story collection called The Commuters, uh, put out by City Works Press. Uh, she did the novel Lilac Mines, put out by Manic D Press. She's a California native, born and raised in Manhattan Beach, lifelong Angelino. And uh, she's here to hang out and witness this amazing thing that's going to happen. A-M-A-Z-I-N-E thing that is going to happen tonight when we're recording this to share with you our shaky town radio audience whether this is your first time listening or you've been listening to our coverage of zine events and comedians and musicians uh for a couple years now we're happy to have you still with us there's a lot of podcasts out there and there's a lot of podcasts coming from la but i truly believe that we are the greatest DIY podcast out there covering what is going on in the city of angels and artists. It's going to be a fun year. We're ramping up towards LA Zine Fest 2014. You can hear by the doorbell and the parking bronco that our guests are here. I am now in the studio. As mentioned before, Daisy Noemi is here. Hello. Uh, and Daisy's friend I just met is Leslie Perdomo. What's up? She is busily sketching away. We'll tell you a little bit about that. Also, as uh, mentioned before, Cheryl Klein is here. Hi. I told everybody about uh, where we met and uh, your writing and your work with poets and writers. So they're all up to speed. So how are you doing? I'm doing great. Good. I'm getting over a cold, so I, but if I have a coughing fit i'll try to retreat to a corner okay so. fair enough it's not great for podcasts <laughs> or tattoo sessions that's, that's true. yeah i won't rock the table I promise. um so daisy yes my delightful and dreamy zine table buddy ride or die down ass chick <laughs> what happened to you today okay let's start from the beginning um I went to work um, to my place of work that I'm just going to not mention specifically for 
the three things that you will find out soon after <laughs> I finish the story. Um, and I had to do payroll, but my boss wasn't there with the paperwork. Um, just because she was busy with the kids. The kids are on vacation, and so they're at home. So she got held up at home. So I decided to go over there and do the payroll, and then just take it back to work and so everybody could get paid. Um, and we were having... You know, we're just hanging out, having a good time. Yeah. And she has two. She has three children, two twins, and then us, a younger child. I don't know exactly how old the twins are, but they have to be like seven, eight. I don't know, maybe ten. I don't know. Um, but while we were, you know, just working slash hanging out at her place, um, at her home in Beverly Hills, the kids were outside in front of the house. To playing hockey with golf balls. <laughs> Wait, how do you play hockey with golf balls? I, I don't know. Carefully. <laughs> Carefully, yes, would be one good thing. Um, and then uh, every once in a while, I don't I'm not, I don't really smoke a lot of pot, but every once in a while I'll do part, participate. And my boss, she does smoke a lot. She smokes pot as well. Okay. So we decided to get high. Oh. Uh, and so... Um, while right when we were done hitting the bong, we hear some terrible, terrible screaming, and we both run out to the kitchen and we see her daughter bleeding from her forehead because her son hit the golf ball with the hockey stick full force towards her head. Ah! And so she's freaking out because she's bleeding from her head and she thought she had a hole in her head because of all the blood that was dripping from her forehead and her mom is trying to you know take care of her trying to care or punish the kids for you know like what did how did you let this happen like what were you thinking sort of thing but the whole time this happened I'm like super stoned and I'm just like really freaking out because I don't know this is real life like why is this happening to me right now I just came over here to do some work and all of a sudden I'm holding frozen vegetables over a child's head that's bleeding. Um, and then she decides that she has to go to the ER because she won't stop bleeding and it's a pretty big gash. Yeah. And we conclude that she needs stitches and her no. child is freaking out because she doesn't want stitches. <laughs> and she's trying to walk around and she's yelling at the kids to go to the car, but they can't get in the car because the car's not open. And then her daughter's walking around. Freaking out, yelling, because it hurts, which I'm sure, you know, we all can imagine getting hit with the golf ball full speed isn't a pleasant feeling. Um, it's It, 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 it felled uh, Newhart in the, <laughs> in the series finale of that show, so. But I was really calm. Like, physically, I was really calm. I was like, all right, put ice or put frozen bag of vegetables over her head, hold, press, put pressure on her head to stop the bleeding. But on the inside, I'm, like, dying because I'm like... <sighs> What am I gonna do? Like, oh my god, this isn't even my kid. Like, what am I doing here? What what bad choice did I make to leave you to this day, to this moment? I'm gonna be late for the podcast. <laughs> I was like, I have other things to do. <laughs> like, this is not my family, but you know. Um, but she is like she is very much like family, my boss. Um But anyway, and then in the midst of all this, her her insurance just got cancelled. Oh no. So she's like freaking out because she has to take her daughter to the ER, but she's like, Daisy, what am I going to do? I just have insurance, you know, like, so she decides to take the kids 
to the to the emergency room or her daughter, but with the kids with her. And so I stay and I decide to help her. Or I'm just like, I don't know what else to do, but just to stay on the phone with the um, insurance company and try and get a hold of them. And after trying for about an hour, I was able to get a hold of them and pretend that I was her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make a payment for her with her like information. And I reinstated her insurance. Wow. So you're... Mm-hmm. I, we've said on the show before, Daisy's an action hero. <laughs> and then you got a promotion, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so and then, I, and then she has like... a. A little farm. She has like six dogs. So like as soon as I was done with everything, I had to go lock up, and I had to try to remember to make sure all the dogs were in the in her home. And then I had to drop off the house key and a cell phone charger. But uh, the whole time again, I was really high, <laughs> and I was just freaking out the whole time on the inside, even though I wasn't verbally or physically, you know, exploding. Wow. If you can do all that while you're high, I mean, with just like a cup of coffee, you must you must be amazing. I was no, I was dying. Like I was text messaging to my friends, my best friends from San Diego. I was like, guys, I'm freaking out right now. I don't know what to do. Like, why am I here? No. <laughs> I mean, it was all, but thankfully everything is good. She, her daughter, only got six stitches to the, you know, she's cool now. Wow. Which is about the most important thing yeah. out of this story. Everything is fine. It was just a day that turned out to be completely something else. Yeah, you were worried <laughs> there when you, you got a hold of me earlier. Yeah, because I was like, I don't know. Like, what if I have to stay here and, you know, try and keep getting... I have to, if I had to continue to try and get a hold of the insurance people. And I think there's just been a, an influx of calls because of Obamacare. So I'm sure all the insurance companies are just getting a lot of calls. Yeah. Wow. So. Cheryl, have you had any experiences with killer golf balls? No, I haven't. I don't golf, though. Maybe this is a good cautionary tale for why I'll never start or play hockey. <laughs> now, you're uh, both of you are California natives. Yes. Uh, Daisy, by way of San Diego. No. No. Where? What town were you born in? I was born here in LA. I was born in just... Martin Luther King Jr. Hospital. Okay. But and then I moved to San Diego. Yeah. yeah. Cheryl, you come from Manhattan Beach. Yes. Okay. I, I don't know if there's any hockey in, in Manhattan Beach. I don't think I wouldn't. There might be. You know, Golf maybe. I'm remembering when my sister was in preschool, mm-hmm. there was this, so when she was four, there was this kid in her preschool class who was always, who always had hockey injuries. Yeah. And at the time, that seemed totally normal to me. Like, oh, that's Matt. He's he always has like a black eye from hockey or something. But like, who lets their four year old play hockey? Yeah, is that a thing? I don't know. No. Let's ask Leslie. Leslie, what's up? Um, we, we haven't told people what you do yet, but uh, and we're not going to. We're going to save that for a little bit. Okay. But we can say you're an artist. Uh, yes, I am an artist of various mediums. Yes. And then you, where do you hail from? Venice. There you go. The so we have Venice. Two two West Siders here. Woo woo. Yep. <laughs> um, golf, hockey, for, against? Never. I don't know how to ice skate. Uh, anything that deals with like a ball going towards my face, not. Nah, <laughs> it's gonna happen. The closest thing maybe volleyball, but that was it. Oh, and basketball, but you know, the bigger the ball, the safer. The smaller the ball, the, you know, you got to run. Yeah. Words to live by. Um, Cheryl, 
we can you tell us really quick um i i, I gave the audience a rundown of uh, of your work um what i didn't tell them was that you are uh, a new member of the razor cake family our good friends over at razor cake uh zine and the podcast and uh what, what are you doing with them um yeah i mean i have happily discovered that they are very family-like um so i've i met todd um at same place i met brody reading at skylight books and um he invited he he was looking for more women writers to kind of just flesh out the diversity of razor cake and so um i pitched a couple of stories to him and he was really open-minded about it so um i've been working on two stories that are i guess forthcoming um one is a, a piece about, um, it's, it's sort of a profile of uh, this poet named Derek Brown who started Right Bloody Press and, um, and a little bit about kind of, you know, what it, the, the parallels between um, kind of DIY punk scenes and um, small press literary scenes. Yeah. And then the other piece is a little harder to describe, but there's this really um, fascinating woman, this artist named Sarah Hendren, who has a blog called Abler, where um, I think I, I think I stumbled across it because she got some publicity not too long ago for um, working with a couple of people to kind of redesign the, um, you know, the like handicapped logo that you see on restrooms and stuff, the little like yeah, the... stick figure in the wheelchair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she reimagined it as like... Um, sort of a more athletic version of that, yeah. you know, like somebody like wheeling their own chair and kind of like leaning forward. It's just kind of cooler looking. And um, so her her blog is about, um, I guess you'd call them assistive devices. And that's can be anything from like a wheelchair, like a cane that a blind person might use to like, anything that anybody might use to sort of enhance their capabilities. Like, for example, um, there's there's this artist who created some kind of contraption where she can turn her body into a harp and play, like, the Brooklyn Bridge as a harp. Um, so as she, her sort of thesis for all the projects that she profiles is that all technology is assistive technology, meaning, like, you know, as humans, our bodies only do so many things. So everything we use, whether it's a wheelchair or a car or headphones, you know, headphones. I, I don't have this good a hearing usually. Exactly. Yeah. Um, has the potential to be really imaginative um, and cool and helpful. Um so I I interviewed her and then I also kind of it's also a little bit of an essay about my my own experiences as a uh, recently as a breast cancer patient and you know just sort of how that changed my own relationship to my body and what it can do and can't do and that kind of thing. And then you wrote uh, a lot of great posts about that at your blog Bread and Bread, the intersection of art, life, and carbohydrates. Thank you for the plug. <laughs> of course. <laughs> breadandbread.blogspot.com and on Twitter at Meadowbat. So what is, what is the significance of the phrase Meadowbat and what is the significance of the phrase bread and bread? Well, Meadowbat goes back to my um, days as a UCLA Unicamp counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, hey! <laughs> Ruin in the house! Yay! <laughs> 
So all the camp counselors had, you know, names that were like taken from nature or cartoon. Like you had a camp name. My camp name was Meadowlark. And um, I think Meadowlark at Hotmail was taken when I tried <laughs> to sign up for a Hotmail address back in the day. And so I became Meadow Bat because I also liked the Weetsy Bat series of books by Francesca Lea Block. Um, and then like Meadow Bat just kind of morphed into like a handle when I need a handle for things. Right. So and then Bread and Bread came from like I think I decided I've always thought up like various band names, you know, but like I have no musical abilities. So um they either become um, you know, fictional bands and stories that I write, or um this became a, a blog name. Ba- basically, I always like the idea of like bread and circuses. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the stuff you need and the stuff that kind of like adds spice to your life. Um, but then I thought of like ac- actual bread is so great that you need it and it adds spice to your life. Yeah. So I, I like bread. I'm not gluten free. <laughs> I'm, like I'm vegan. I'm not gluten free though. Um, gluten's great. I yeah, mean, can be. You know, if you don't have celiac disease, yay gluten. <laughs> <laughs> Daisy, bread or against? Well, I'm Hispanic, so it's just an automatic by default. Right, right. <laughs> I just love bread. I like the sweet bread, the Mexican sweet bread. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Yeah. The best thing when you wake up and like your mom is like, hey, I went to the bakery and bought all this, this sweet bread. You're like, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm going to have for breakfast. <laughs> Leslie, do you want to weigh in on the bread controversy? <laughs> yes, on everything. Bread with butter, bread with chicken, <laughs> bread in my salad, <laughs> crunchy bread, flat bread. It's all good. All right. We're going to talk a little bit about the circus um, uh, part of that equation. That's what we've kind of brought you here for. I, I, all of you. Um, I brought Cheryl because uh, I like to show you fun. That's what I tried to do at the party we were at. You did a great job. Thank you. You wrote a very nice post about that, um, about our friend Simon Sotelo being a, a one-woman mosh pit. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I don't know, Daisy, shall I? Okay, this, I'll start the story, why we're all here. Okay. So as we know, Daisy, action hero, you remember your catchphrase? Hold on. Let me, let me, th- I know what you're talking about. Let me just remember to that event where I, you were telling me the story about, oh, say la vie, motherfucker. Yes, yes. There we go. Yeah. Uh, as heard in Daisy Hard, and Daisy Hard too, Daisy Harder. Um, and these, this just kept morphing into uh, eventually uh, Daisy being, uh, I, I said we were ride or die, which is in the vernacular, you know, just means, you know, tight, we're good. <laughs> So I, uh, at a recent party, I believe it was our friend Alyssa, who she's not been on the show yet, but she's a great uh, artist and zinester who uh, puts stuff out under Interabang uh, books. Um, at, it was at that party um, that I proposed that we get tattoos, uh, a li- the likeness of Daisy riding a motorcycle <laughs> with the banner saying, ride or die. Right. Um, you did not go for that. No. I declined. You declined that. Gracefully. But you made a counteroffer based on an idea that I suggested for my knuckles. But then you said, well, maybe not knuckles, but I like the banner idea. And what did we talk about? Getting matching tattoos. Matching friendship tattoos. (laughs) 
that say zine life on them. Yes. Um, and then I recently read uh, our friend uh, Erica Sender, who uh, was on, we all went to San Diego together, San Diego Zine Fest. Mm-hmm. Um, she lent me Truck Face, which is a uh, written by LB. Uh, they are uh, a teacher in Chicago. And there is a passage in Truck Face number 16 that says, where LB is talking about uh, how they've been influenced by their friends. And, and there was one friend in particular, and LB writes um, something to the effect of, uh, they convinced me that more than two matching friendship tattoos in a year is not excessive. <laughs> so I figured, why not start with one? It's January, it's a new year. I have to admit that this is, will be my second matching tattoo that I get. Not in a year, but this is the second <laughs> tattoo that I will get uh, that matches one other person. Right. Sorry, you're not. No. You're, it's, not, you're not my number one. It's okay. You're my number two. That's okay. I actually, it, it occurred to me just now, so the I had a, a cover-up done, uh, and there was a broken heart on here, and I, I remember now that my friend Joe McManus... Uh, from Phoenix ended up getting the same one on his on his actual heart, but also with my initials, which which used to have the tattoo on their BFH, and he liked my music and he's like, I'm just gonna get the same tattoo but on my heart with your initials. So we did have matching friendship tattoos. Oh. I've done it once, but then I went and covered it up. But I got his permission first. Sorry. Um, JK. I like the full disclosure that's happened here. Like, you guys are having the talk. (laughs) You're both sharing that, you know, you're not each other's first. And you're okay with that because you're very mature people. It's like a verbal consent form. I love it. Uh My my matching tattoo that I have is um, an elephant on my left. Is that my rib still? It's like on my left side boob area like right beneath my armpit and it's just a solid it's just an elephant all in solid ink and that's um when i left san diego i left my best friends nicole and jamie who i do miss dearly um and that was to commemorate our my friendships with them although jamie didn't get a matching tattoo because i'm not sure why she just doesn't have any tattoos or didn't want one i don't know but nicole was the one that went with me and we got it because elephants never forget. <laughs> so that's my my ode to the friendships with my with my peeps. Wonderful. San Diego. And you introduced me to your peep, Leslie, tonight. Hi. Leslie, tell us now. Now we can reveal if if they haven't guessed by now the context of this interview. Um, what you do? I am the tattoo artist for this evening. That's right. How long have you been tattooing? Uh, since two thousand nine. Okay. Um, what, uh, did, I, I don't know how it works. Do you study? Do you apprentice? Do you, do you self-teach? Like how, how, did, how does the skill develop? Uh, well, everyone does have a different path. My path is I went through a proper apprenticeship. It took about two years. And then from there, uh, I became a full-time tattoo artist. And so, uh, apart from that, you know, I do all sorts of art. I paint. I'm also a chalk artist. I'm a Madonara. So on the weekends, you'll see me at a chalk festival here and there. It's not chalk season right now, so I'm tattooing a lot more. Um, but chalk season should start back up again in March. But for now, it's inking it up. And that's why you're here today. That's why I'm here, to do the matching tattoos. <laughs> so this is to start the year off, right? 
and and uh, this this is not the only thing that Days and I will be doing together this year. Uh, we have uh, announcements forthcoming once we can get the oh, LA yeah, Zine right, Fest right. folks uh-huh. in here. Uh, I think we can say that we will be appearing at LA Zine Fest yes. together at a table. At a table with Sh- Erica. Yes, and Alyssa. And Alyssa, who we love dearly. Yes. Um, Cheryl, tattoos. You have them. I have two tattoos. Um, I have a I have a um, vine with light bulbs growing out of it that is growing around my wrist, and well, it's not actually growing. It's, it's stayed the same size since two thousand six. Um, and I have a um, a mermaid that my mom drew um, that's on my right ankle, and um, when I. So my mom passed away in 2003, and um, at that time I didn't have any tattoos, um, but I'd been thinking about getting one for a long time, and I sort of had the idea for the the vine tattoo, but I um, I had this dream that she was drawing a mermaid on me, and I was like, okay, I guess I need to get that tattoo, but I'm stubborn, so I still got the tattoo I wanted to get first, and then... Um, <laughs> Many years later, I, I, well, I came across a drawing of a mermaid that she'd done, yeah. and um, so I got that tattoo. And I'm actually, I have a, a third tattoo kind of brewing, so oh, wow. um, I might be talking to you more <laughs> hey. after this. Hopefully, maybe you'll get some business out of this. Anytime. <laughs> now, had you known... Uh, your mother to draw mermaids before you had Yeah, I mean, I, lo- I love the idea of it as, like, some magical story yeah. where I'm psychic. Although, actually, I can think of no worse burden in this world than to actually be psychic. <laughs> but um, she drew a lot of, like, mermaids and wizards and sort of, like, fanciful creatures so um was she a Dungeons and Dragons game like designer or no no not at all she was a um, children's librarian oh that's wonderful yeah so very into the fantasy and the the creatures yeah like she she loved Wizard of Oz that was sort of her favorite series growing up and um you know loved illustrated children's books and was a really good art like she'd been an art major as an undergrad and then and then went to library school. Oh. So she kind of got to combine those two. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, we always, you know, this is what we do on the podcast as far as, you know, the intersections between DIY culture and art and literature and things like that. Uh, and this is a very literary podcast today um, because, of course, you know, you being a writer and the literary nature of our, our tattoos that we are going to receive tonight live on microphone. Um Daisy, what does the phrase zine life mean to you? Um, I was talking to Leslie about it right before we parked. She thought it was weird that I was <laughs> getting it. Just a little. Um, <laughs> you have to have encountered weirder, though, as a tattoo yes. artist. <laughs> I, mean, yes. I can only imagine. I don't question, I just do it now. <laughs> so I was just explaining to her that, you know, um, I got more heavily the, my zine history is it started in San Diego when I got introduced to zines um, at an event that I did not trade zines in but I was just uh, watching and you know trying to take a sneak peek at all the people at all the zines that were being traded um, I did not make one um, and then that got me to think that I can do it but I didn't do it in San Diego when I finally moved from San Diego to Los Angeles in 2011 
um, I happened to meet Meredith at a, a workshop at. Um, I she the, was chomping a carrot. She was eating a raw carrot, and I thought, <laughs> I don't know why, I just have this image of her very vividly. Just as I was speaking to her, she was just eating this huge carrot, um, which was fine. I was cool. She liked the carrots. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then she mentioned to me about participating in LA Zine Fest 2012 in February. And then I was like, all right, I think I could do it. And it was like, you know, um, I didn't have that much money but I could definitely swing the tabling fee. And then I was a second year participant this, or 2013. Um, yeah, so it's weird to have to think about that for a second. Um, and then last year I participated in many, many more events. And then I've developed, and my relationships and my friendships have grown with uh, all of these amazing people that are just as weird as I am, but, you know, very intelligent, thoughtful, kind, generous, and just want to share their their experiences and their stories and support one another. And I really, really want to, com- you know, um, my ta- all the tattoos that I have sort of represent uh, a period in my life, and I wouldn't, you know, this is, like, perfect yeah. to, to represent this, whatever I'm experiencing. Now. How many tattoos do you have total? A lot. Like, um, I don't know. I'd say like 14. And they all vary in sizes. Some are bigger, some are smaller. Mm-hmm. But they're all like, you can't see any because they're all, and I just don't really, uh, they're not visible, but I do have many. Well, except for this one. But And, and that one, um, and I'll take a picture for the, uh, the the audience to look at on the blog, that uh, was done by Leslie. This was done by Leslie. That's very cool. And this is a, a the very it's a camera obscura, which is the very first type of camera or prototype of a camera. Um, which I'm a photographer, and I didn't want to just get a Canon or a Minolta or a Contax tattooed on me, so I decided to be super old school. Yeah, and Cheryl Daisy does wonderful um, photography zines. Um, also some comics. I do a little bit of everything too. I just can't really. There's, um, I my soul isn't satisfied unless I'm participating in in every kind of medium that I can. Like I can't just do one thing. Like it, it, I just really have to be involved in everything. And I go back from photography to drawing to illustration to painting, uh, just whatever. And then because I have all of these wonderful friends that are writers, and I do write a little bit, I've been thinking more about trying to do more of that, which I think is. Since it's more verbal and it's more straightforward than you know an art piece or a, photog- or a photographic image where people sort of take what they want from it, like writing is so much more vulnerable yeah. and scary to a degree because you're just laying it all out. And I think it'd be something that I definitely want to experience. It'd be interesting if you could find uh, somebody to publish that, like maybe somebody starting a press. Hmm. hmm. More foreshadowing. <laughs> um. Cheryl, now you, uh, I know from uh, a recent post that you wrote that you weren't uh, necessarily in, like, the punk world. No. <laughs> you don't self-identify as a, a punk rocker. No. Um, I was never that cool. <laughs> you're, you're way cool. Um, what, about, what about the zine world and, and zine life? Like, it, how has that touched upon any of your work uh, or influenced at all? I mean, I don't know too much about zines. I, I've encountered m- probably more zines than I have punk music. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I certainly, I mean, I, I certainly pick up scenes here and there at independent bookstores and, um, you know, book festivals and things like that. I mean, yeah. I, I think kind of the Venn diagram is I the, love Venn diagram. <laughs> the, the, the small press literary world mm-hmm. and the, and the zine world, like there's a little bit of overlap there. Um, you know, some writers start out writing zines, some writers like decide to put out zines at a certain point. So, um, yeah, I mean, like I'm not, I'm not in that world enough to be like, Oh, here's my favorites and this number, this, I think like it all, all comes down to, you know, any time, like there's this, um, podcast that, um, this comedian Jackie Cation does the Jackie Cation, the Dwarf Forest. I've been on a, I've been a guest. You've been a guest you here. Really? Yeah, yeah. I love, I love it. I love yeah. that podcast. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, in my head, I'm always like, what could, what could my my dork area of expertise be? <laughs> but, like, there's always somebody who knows so much more than you. So, and, you know, you can you can sort of have, like, these, like, rivalries for, like... So I, I, I'm always, like, quick to declare my ignorance about anything yeah. and everything. But I, but I like scenes. Yeah. I'll say that. Very cool. My, my dorkdom for when I was on Jackie's show was my uh, previous life as a pro wrestling columnist. And oh, my God. And a uh, reporter. Yeah. Yeah, I talked a lot. And uh, fantasy wrestling, role playing. I was young, much younger uh, <laughs> and much nerdier. But maybe. Nice. Maybe. I don't know how, how much nerdier. Maybe I'm still the same. Fantasy wrestling, role play. So is it like fantasy football, but for wrestling? Kind of, but you make up your own characters. Oh, well, that's better. Yeah, it's 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 more fun. More Dungeons and Dragons y, I think, in that sense. But it was like you write the promos, like the the trash talking and storylines, and based on that, of how people won matches. There was a judge, a fed head, who would decide (laughs) who did the best story that week, and that's how the matches were decided. Nice. I was a champion across five federations. (laughs) (laughs) And you never had to get, you know, beat over the head with a ladder or something Heavy, no, to do no. that. Heavyweight champion. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about, I, I mentioned uh, at the head of the podcast about your uh, work with Poets and Writers, but, um, and that's the name of the, the group, Poets and Writers. Yeah, they're a nonprofit service organization for writers, and I direct their California office, which is very tiny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what kind of work are, are, uh, is that organization doing? Um, they do several things that all fall under the umbrella of helping, um, writers make their way in the world, which is they publish a magazine called Poets and Writers, um, that I don't work on the editorial staff, so I can, I can, um, freely say that I think it's a great magazine for writers, um, that just has articles about literary trends, interviews with authors, and then lots of calls for submissions. So if you want to get published and you're wondering how... They'll tell you how to do it um, and where where to send your work. Um, and then the part that I do is um, just a small grant program for writers called um, the Readings and Workshops Program. Mm-hmm. And um, people who want to um, give readings of their work or teach workshops in community settings, um, whoever they're partnering with, to do that um, can apply to get them a stipend because um, writers don't get paid very often to do yeah. their stuff. It's one of those one of those um, areas where people are like, oh, well, you'll just be happy to come for free and, and you know, maybe we'll, like, give you a little plug or something like that. But um, we think that if you can get paid, you should get paid. Yeah. So 
um, we try to make that happen. Um, and then we also have a website that just has like a ton of databases on it. So if you want to find literary magazines or um, or literary presses or an agent or an MFA program, um, it's a good resource. Wonderful. I think everybody should, uh, listening to who, who, who's right, should check that out. It's at pw.org. Yes. Um, wonderful. Hi, this is Yumi Sakugawa, comic book artist and illustrator and author of I Think I Am in Friend Love With You, and this is Shaky Town Radio Hour. All right, we're back, and uh, I'm going to give Daisy the headphones. Uh, or, you know what I plan? Yeah, let's try this. You ready? Uh, so, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I will, uh, set this here so we, I can, we can both see it in case there's any problem. This is the first time anybody besides me has helmed the, uh, well, that's not true. I guess Libby Ward and Bob Schreiner did their Will Kistler interview, and, uh, without me. But I've never given up, I've never given up this kind of control, Cheryl. It's really brave of you. Thank it's you. a really important personal step. Well, it's a new year. We've made our resolutions. You just got a chat on Facebook. What? You just got a chat on Facebook. See? <laughs> All hell's breaking loose. Um, yeah, we made some New Year's resolutions. Cheryl, yours was to be, one of them was to be more literary. Yeah. Mine was to uh, tear it up, burn it down. <laughs> like my friend Marie. Oh, Marie was on the show. Um, oh, yeah, Naomi. No, 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 yes, not Marie Naomi, though. Uh, Marie Sodeth, who does... Oh. Uh, uh, things and stuff zine. Okay. She was with us at Eastside Zine Market. Burn it down. Okay. So All it's right. Be right here or up here. We're gonna do it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So facing that way. What did we decide as far as which way it should face? Well, yeah. So it's, it's going down like that. Yeah. Like so they. Right? So whoever's looking Everybody at it can read it. <laughs> Cheryl. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Daisy. Yes. Leslie. It's unanimous. I say like this. Perfect. Okay. So All let's right. shave that cute little peach fuzz you got going All on. Right. And what are we applying to the... We are using stencil stuff. And then we're going to let it dry for about five to seven minutes. And by then, I'll uh, have my machine set up. Okay. That's always the last step for me. Okay. So once we apply it, and it's good to go... And we should start inking in about 10 minutes. Nice. Let's let the countdown begin, but let's okay. place the stencil on. All right. And again, this was kind of a idea sort of introduced by me, but really like Daisy kind of ran with it. And then you, uh, you got a sketch from Daisy. I did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I sent it to her, and she was like, do you want it done exactly like this? And I was like, oh, God, no. This is like a two-minute like, oh, two okay. sketch. This is like the worst. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I need her to write over. So I'm um, going to have you relax the arm real quick. Just relax and I have I have a question for you, Brody. Yes. What do you think people's reactions are going to be to this tattoo? Um, like just generally, like it doesn't have to be necessarily a scenester, but for someone in the zine community, because I was telling Leslie that it's we could people are either gonna think that we're posers for getting something that says zine life on it, that we're really cheesy, or that we're like hardcore and they need to watch out because we're gonna hurt. Them I know Cheryl. I think I know Cheryl's uh, reaction to that. 
Kids are hardcore. <laughs> Bonafide. <laughs> I mean, so what what would a zine poser look like? I have no idea. Are, is that like a subset at like zine <laughs> fest? Like, oh, there's the posers. So check with them, see if the alignment is good. Twist your arm around. Yeah, I think it looks good. I, I like it. It's ready to go. Cool. We get a shot of it. Um, I don't know. I've, I've, I've found everybody very authentic at Zine events and in the Zine community. Um, I don't. I don't, don't know uh, what that would look like. And then not not only is there one person with this tattoo, there are two. <laughs> two of us. Oh, I just thought of one. Shia LaBeouf. He's a Zine <laughs> oh, yeah, poser. definitely. He he plagiarized uh, a bunch of comics and zines allegedly. Shia, he he's just all around a terrible person. <laughs> so you just sit down now, relax. Okay, cool. Give me about five minutes. You got and it. I'll finish the setup. Can can we say that? Like, can we say somebody's a terrible person? Allegedly. Allegedly. Well, I mean, <laughs> his current actions have led <laughs> us to believe that he's probably not a good person. <laughs> Um, yeah, so did you hear about this story? You know, it's one of those, like, so many things on the internet. Like, I sort of heard the aftermath, but I never heard, like, the original thing. So I'm like, okay, I know people are mad at Shia LaBeouf, but I don't know why. So yeah. that's why. I think he it caught everybody's attention first when he came out with a short film that mm-hmm. was, or maybe it was a full-length film, but it was, like, all dialogue lifted from a Daniel Klaus comic. Oh. You know, for, who does 8-Ball Ghost World, the yeah, Art School Confidential. So he didn't credit him? No, not he at all. He credited him after Daniel Klaus made it a point to be like, yo, dude, what's <laughs> up? And then the thing is, he just keeps on making things worse for himself because he did do that apology in the sky here in L.A., even though I guess he doesn't live here. He lives up north. Okay. And you're just like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> like, that doesn't make things okay. I hear he plagiarized his apology. Like, no joke. Like He also, yeah, there was also that. Wow. But he handed out comics uh, at LAZ Fest uh, this year. No, I think it was 2012. Maybe? Yeah, 2012 at the last, at the last bookstore. And yeah, people he traded saw comics him. and stuff. Yeah. And the comics were plagiarized too. I really don't understand plagiarism because it's like, I mean, it's especially, you know, it's like he's already a movie star. What, what, <laughs> what's he trying to? Is he going to yeah. get a bunch of money from? You know, like, cause yeah. I figure people people make zines because it's like they Fully enjoy the creative process. Year, she, so. I know that she has. I believe that she was one of the people that got his zine. Oh wow! Or somehow I think he gave them to the to them. Yeah, the team. Yeah. yeah. Huh. It all sounds very pathological. You know, like there must yeah. be. Um. You gonna? You think you'll come to a zine fest this year, Cheryl? Come check out the. the I would scene. love to. Yeah. It's on the west side. Yeah, you actually though live in in my neighborhood. I live here four on the east side. From here. Yeah. <laughs> um, how has it been adjusting from the west side to the east side? Because you grew up in and yeah, spent more years. Yeah, there. I mean, I grew, I grew up in the South Bay. Then I went to UCLA. Then I moved kind of mid city, and then I lived over near USC, and then I moved back to mid city, but like a slightly more ghetto part of mid city. And then I moved to Highland Park. So I've lived in a lot of different parts of L.A. And that's the great thing about L.A. is that, like, even though some would say I've lived in the same place my whole life, (laughs) um, I feel like I've lived in at least five or six different places, you know? Yeah, absolutely. 
the difference. So, but I, I like being an East Sider. I like Highland Park. And I mean, it's, it, it has changed a lot in just the past couple of years mm-hmm. that like at a pace that sort of took me by surprise. Yeah. But, um, you There's know, a lot of cool stuff open yeah, down here. Yeah. Like I just went to Moore York um, Gallery for the first time, which is, I mean, it's probably maybe 200 feet from my house. Yeah. And, um, but I finally made it there um, for the first time, like a couple weeks ago. And it's amazing. It's like this sort of giant cavernous cabinet of curiosities that um, the artist whose name I'm not going to remember. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's all his work that's like made of, found objects as well as like some other artists and so I'm like I feel so lucky to be so close to something so cool yeah are you familiar with that gallery I don't I feel like um a farce when I say that I'm from Los Angeles because even though I did uh I was born here and I grew up in Southgate um I moved out of Los Angeles and to San Diego when I was 18 and lived in San Diego for 10 years. So I feel like I really did the, the, a large portion of my, um, explorations of a city that would be San Diego. Cause you know, when you're yeah. growing up in high school, you're just, you just go to school. You don't really care too much. I didn't anyway. I just did well in school and that was it. Um, but then when I was 18, I really like, you know, I got a job, you know, I, I explored San Diego, and I don't feel like I really know Los Angeles that well. Even after I moved back in 2011, I've been living here for three years now, and I still have no idea what's going on over here. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, um, I live in Koreatown now, which is really cool, but it's it's kind of scary. Like, I don't go out at night by myself. If I happen to get home late, I just run to my apartment. <laughs> yeah. Um, try to be safe. But, I mean, it's cool. Bo. Bo. Um, So everybody here is working on some new stuff right now. Um, Daisy, you're working on Holotant number two. Yes. um, I need to start putting the layout together so I can have enough time to print it. Um, And then I want to do a third issue of I'll Kind of Miss You, which is just going to be illustrations from my most recent sketchbook. Um, And then... There's going to be a last-minute edition, um, which is Kevin Yuline. He's We're going to do a mini a mini zine, um, one page, or like the one page that you fold into eight. Um, just a collaboration, last minute. He, he sent me a message, and I was like, dude, I'm down. Cool. Let's do it. Um, and that's it. Now, Cheryl, the story that you read at Skylight for the... Um... It was the Madhouse Fog book launch. Yeah. Um, and Sean Carswell was the author there. And you were one of the uh, writers, the authors who, who read. Uh, now, what was that story from? Um, that The story that I read at that reading, um, I, it was a part of a story called uh, 100% Risk. And it's kind of um, takes place in a not specified near future um, where genetic testing um, dictates people's lives even more than it does um, already. And um, so I just kind of wanted to explore. There's already an obsession with statistics and percentages about things, I think. So, you know, I was thinking about what is it like if, if, um, 
you know, you know that there's exactly like a 42% chance you'll become an alcoholic or something yeah, like yeah. that. Um, so that was just sort of like a, a one-off short story. Um, I, in October, I finished a second draft of, um, a young adult novel. The first, it's my first crack at the young adult novel world, but it's something I had been thinking about for a while. And it's about a, a 16 year old who sort of inadvertently finds herself running an adoption scam. And, um, so I, yeah, I'll be, I'll be maybe starting up another draft of that when I feel like it's marinated enough. Yeah. <laughs> you, it was that what the, the excerpt was from that you read recently on the Gorski press? Oh, um, no, that one was, I, I basically I have way too many balls in the air <laughs> writing wise. Like I, I write so much faster than I can publish anything. One but, might even say like a hockey stick to a golf ball. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. You're good with, with metaphors, the way that writers are. <laughs> yeah, on the Gorski podcast, I read an excerpt from the novel that like I hope is finished, but you never know until right. until somebody tells you like you're not. Um, it, a novel called Saint Julian Make Us Reborn about um, a small formerly traveling circus troupe. I love that. <laughs> I love these premises. I love these words. I love your phrasing. Thank you. Um, yeah. What am I working on, Daisy? What did I tell you I was working on? Well, couched. couched. We've been talking about couch forever. And um, trying to write Fair Dig number three. I don't know if it'll be out in time for Zine Fest. There's too much to have. I don't, have we talked at all about what's been going on in the last couple weeks? It's been nuts. No, because the last show we did was at Eastside Zine Market. Yeah, I haven't I was, I wasn't seen a, you, really, because holidays plus, yeah. and I didn't go to, I wasn't able to make it to Erica's party. Yeah. Uh, which you were at. Yes. And I also missed Aurora's party. Yes. Um, so I haven't really. I went to a lot of parties. Uh, but I wrecked my car. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I guess I hadn't told you this part. So I totaled my, totaled my car. Oh. Totaled it. Um, I was going to leave out of town for the, the holiday. Um, and uh, I was on my way to meet uh, our trusted friend Bianca Berrigan, a frequent Shaky Town team member on mic uh just meet for coffee like before i headed on town got lost tried to do a a yui uh on uh, cross some lanes didn't look right got smashed by a truck oh no yeah uh the guy uh fine i was physically fine yeah <laughs> um mentally i don't know um well yeah no i wasn't so i called her and she, bianca came on foot and, and, and she rescued Brilliant. pulled me out of a car wreck oh their bare God. hands she was a human jaws of life <laughs> <laughs> basically she just held my hand while I had an anxiety attack yeah who wouldn't yeah and uh yeah so you know now I owe her a Wookiee life debt <laughs> we determined that at uh at Daryl and Adrian I think you believe you know Daryl from Razor Cake um and probably met them at the Razor Cake party yeah, that's where we determined on New Year's Eve. How was y'all's New Year's Eve? I, I, I like I said, I was, I was with, uh, yeah, Bianca and Erica and and uh, Matt, who's been on the show as well. Buglians is his project, um, and and Adrian from uh, Bite the Cactus. She she was uh, on our show last year. Um, Daisy, I think were you in San Diego for the New Year's? No, 
Um, I was with my family. I was asleep at like 1230. Um, I'll be right back. I'm going to let a uh, surprise guest is here. But please tell your story. Um, I didn't really do anything exciting. I think um, because maybe because I'm getting older, but I really don't really care about being out with a bunch of crazy drunk people celebrating New Year's. Not to say that everybody's crazy, but... Um, it's so fun. You could pay like $20 more for everything than you normally would. Who wouldn't right. love that? So, although, I mean, I guess the thing to, to, if I really want to do something, I would have gone to Grand Park just to watch. They're doing that same thing that's similar to New York with the ball drop. But oh, it's really? free. Um, and people just go and hang out at the park until it's midnight and they watch the ball drop. That's cool. But it's cold. Yeah, I, I, I do feel like New York shouldn't have, like, the monopoly on <laughs> dropping a ball Damn from them. something. Um, and so instead I went to go have dinner with my family and then afterward hung out with my family. At midnight, the Happy New Year, fell asleep at 1230. So. Well, that was still like 10 times more exciting than <laughs> my New Year's. I have I have a long history of having sort of crappy New Year's. And this this one, I got the flu. So I was I, I was just going to go to a party at some friend's house. But um, instead, I, I lay in bed and took some cough syrup and watched Sons of Anarchy. I don't I don't know no, why. Why? But I think the audience wants to know why. Well, so I have read in Los Angeles Magazine. Um, they always have like these sort of true crime stories. And one was about this actor on Sons of Anarchy who like... Oh, the guy that killed... He killed Blaine. somebody. And yeah. I didn't know about that at all. It was a terrible, sad story. But like it planted the seed like maybe that's a show I should watch. And then after watching it, I think it determined it's not a show I should watch. But um, I guess, I guess you know, if you're all hopped up on cold medicine, Why pretty not? much anything works. So, yeah. all right, know. can you top our New Year's Eve's? I know it's pretty hard. Oh, mine was just as uneventful. Um, my best friends are totally out of town. One of them is out in Barbados teaching Zumba. The other one left to New York. And then early that morning, I dropped off the whole entire family at the airport because they're taking a trip uh, to visit family members and all that. So I was kind of the one left to house sit and feed all the dogs. So, I mean, I was okay with it because the weekend before I had my New Year's, I went to Vegas and I partied it up. Um, But I did all of that so that once New Year's came around, I knew I could just stay in bed, watch some TV, and I was actually really looking forward to it. So, that's my uneventful, boring, very relaxing New Year's Eve. Yay. Yeah. Is that just what happens? Like, as you get older, you just don't want to go out? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I was okay with it. I wanted to go out. I mean, I wanted to go out in like the mild way that I was planning to go out, but my body was not having it. Yeah. Um, so Daisy, tell our audience about our surprise guest. Someone with really cute hair and a pretty dress <laughs> and a pretty dress just walked in. Ladies and gentlemen. And glasses. The love of my life. Who's that? One of the loves of my life. We've established it. Way too many loves. Um, but 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 uh, my friend Love, Amber Garza. Hi. Hey, you can take my seat there. Hello. Hi. Yeah. Here, Amber, what's going on? 
I apparently walked into some very interesting body modification. <laughs> it's happening. About to start. Home <laughs> body modification. <laughs> Do not try this at home. I'm actually ready for it. All right. Um, I'm just gonna take a breath here. Uh, Amber, uh, yeah. Um, so Amber is here to witness Zine life. Oh, and this is Cheryl Klein. Hi, Cheryl. Hi, nice to meet you. Um, <laughs> this is Leslie. Hi, Leslie. What up? I too had a stay-at-home New Year's Eve. Yes. Yeah. See, mm-hmm. The only one that went out was Brody. <laughs> <laughs> you party animal. You I am. Know. I've been partying way too much. Um, so I'm being. Oh, nice. Very you nice. Want this one with you? I do, but it's running down. Oh, oh do you want to just take mine? I want so a def- document. Yeah. Oh, you want documentation? For sure. For the podcast. Pixar didn't happen. Yeah, exactly. Are you comfortable? That's what Although tattoo is, is right? like the one thing <laughs> no, you're right. like, it'll happen. You're like, it happened. Look, right there. <laughs> this actually is a it picture. It happened right there. That's the, that's the nature of a tattoo. It's a picture. <laughs> it proves it. Um, feel free, anybody, to do play-by-play. It looks like a Bible. <laughs> it's a zine. It's a zine life scene. <laughs> Pretty, so pretty what you just did was color commentary, not play by play. See, There's I'm a difference. noob. I don't know the difference. Yeah. Well, Brody's about to get his first. You can He's hear making hear scrunchy faces. Making a scrunchy face. Good. Okay. Yeah, I actually don't. I, I kind of like it. The needle. Ew. Yeah. No, you're one of those. I was gonna say. <laughs> So, Leslie, is that Vaseline on your glove? No, it's a A&D ointment. Okay. I place it on my glove so it can warm it up a little bit. So by the time I apply it onto his skin, it just easily glides on. So, one little dab at a time. And there we go. Is that what prevents it from bleeding? Or from him it... bleeding? Like, yeah. No. What prevents him from bleeding um, would be his own body. So I would say prevent or don't drink too much the night before you get a tattoo. Uh, don't drink while you're getting the tat, although, you know, I definitely you can take a shot or two here and there. It's not going to completely affect it. You're not going to be bleeding like crazy. But, you know, and don't take any sort of blood thinners, so no aspirin or anything like that. Some people say, oh, but I need it for the pain. Nothing's going to take the pain away, you know. So, <laughs> so just, true in life. Yeah. Just <laughs> sit through it and earn that tattoo. So those are... Right. Yeah, those are little tips for when you're going to go get a tattoo. Uh, my tattoo artist told me that sugar is... Good. Like, eat a little sugar before you get a tattoo, and I can't remember why. Does that thicken your blood? Well, eat something, for sure, because your blood level can drop. You can faint. Um, so it's just like when you go get blood, you know? They have those cookies and juice ready mm-hmm. for you, because sugar is, is good for you. I guess that's the only time when it's good for you, um, to, to help with the, the blood flow and make you not feel so lightheaded. Yeah, so definitely eat before you get any tattoo, no matter how big or how small. I had a big old burrito. Oh, <laughs> burrito. Although, but last night, I, I did drink three beers, which is actually a lot for me. But so far, so good. 
Yeah, you're not bleeding yet, so. And I just want to do a little plug for Leslie as she's tattooing. She will come to you if you need any tattoos done. Do you have a studio that you work at? I do. I work out in Hollywood at a place called Ink Candy Tattoo. It's on Hollywood and Cahuenga, right in the heart, in the middle of Hollyweird. Um, So, yeah, come on down. We're right next to the club and the different shops. And it's just in the middle of Hollyweird. So you get a lot of people just kind of like coming in off the street, being spontaneous, wanting tattoos, or is it mostly people who thought about it for a long time? All the time. We get all sorts of clients. We do get those walk-ins that have that spontaneous tattoo. We have those tourists that want to take home a souvenir from LA. And we have those clients that, you know, I see every two to three weeks and we just keep on adding to their tattoo so you you get a whole wide spectrum being out in Hollywood you know and people go with with kind of that expectation I mean we have 13 tattoo shops that surround us wow so you know there's also competition but there's lots of you know there's lots of tattoos to go around Amber tell us about your tattoo my tattoo experience, I was just, well, I most recently had a piercing, and that was, um, that was a nice little endorphin rush that I don't remember getting when I got my navel pierced. When I got my septum pierced, it was, I was like, oh, I remember this. <laughs> um, but my only tattoo experience is on my back, and I have a piece of a painting of a lesser known painting by Frida Kahlo. It's called Fun Men and Life, I think. Now I can't remember. That's shitty. But I can't remember <laughs> the name of the What is it what painting. does it look like? It is a um it's a sun that has a face in it with a third eye. And uh the rays of the sun are paintbrush strokes, so it looks like like when you take a paintbrush and it's heavy with paint and you pull it across the canvas or the paper and it gets thinner as it goes. Mm, mm-hmm. So that's in a circular area and it's like green and yellow and red and on fire. Very cool. <laughs> Where on your back? It's right right in the middle oh, between my sucks. shoulder blades. And that was the fun experience was having it go across my spine. Um, yeah, that hurts. It really shakes bad. your entire body. Because really? your spine, you know, it's kind of central to your skeleton. Kind of holds it all together. Yeah. So when it go, so when it went right across that bone right there, because the spine is all connected, it was like my entire body was shaking, and I wasn't so much freaked out about it. I was just wor- worried that it was uncontrollable and it was going to mess up the tattoo artist, and he would end up with squiggles. I had that problem when I got my ankle tattooed. Was right that, across the bone, right? Yeah. That yeah. It was just, it was like, you know, the doctor hitting your knee with a yeah. little hammer. <laughs> he was great. He just like <laughs> held on and managed to do it. a bumpy ride, but he finished it. Yeah. I, I don't know what you felt during your tattoo on your back, but I know that when I got a specific portion on my back, like right in the middle, I felt like throwing up and laughing at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I did not have that experience, but I I will say mine is a lot of color. Um, it's it's all color pretty much, and um, so what the tattoo and I don't know if this is accurate or not. It's it's a lot of a lot of it is red. So he really went in 
a lot with it. Mm-hmm. Because from what I heard was red is a color that fades pretty quickly or it's hard to maintain or something. Um, Lovely can confirm or deny that. I <laughs> any, any sort of color, you definitely have to saturate it into the skin. It's very different from a black and gray tattoo. Okay. Yes. So, so yes, that has been confirmed, um, that urban legend. Mm. And um, so I remember him going over. It felt like he was going over it again and again and again and again. And it felt really raw by the end. I think it took about three or four hours to do. Ugh. And by the end, I was like dying. I was done. <laughs> and I was also ready to be anyone who, and, and okay, I've only had one and it's only been on one place on my back, but I was ready to be like, all you motherfuckers who said tattoos don't hurt, you're lying. You're lying. Because well, you know, it hurts. The longer that you get tattooed, the less your tolerance. Yeah, fades. it was scraping so it up. Scraping some raw nerves right there ah. at the end. But you know what? It was, there is that endorphins at the end, you know, in, in as reward for your pain. So, um. I like the pain. <laughs> I did for a while and then it just got really brutal. And then when it was over, you're like, oh, it's over. I can feel not pain again. I know what not pain feels like. And that's kind of a high. Yeah. Uh, Amber, we were asking everybody tonight what zine life means to them. Zine life. <laughs> Um, what does zine life mean? <laughs> I, I keep thinking of, so I'm writing the zine right now about house music, and there's this lyric that says, house music is a feeling, and when you feel it, you will understand. And that's how I feel about zines a little bit. I, I think that it's like, you know, when you get it, you fucking get it, man. You know it. And it's a little hard to explain how awesome and wonderful it is, but when you're in it, in the life, then you, you're feeling it. Uh, what, what are your plans for a zine fest this year? For LA Zine Fest? Mm-hmm. Or zine fests in general? Uh, for, yeah, the upcoming. Oh, you're well. You're tabling with a zine work? We are tabling. We decided not to do a panel this year um, because doing a panel was really great last year, but it meant that we didn't have any time to soak in the experience and visit other people because we were like attending the panel before which was the um i think that was a poc being project um was the panel before us and then getting us ready and then and then uh, before you know it it was all over how's it feeling brody good how's it looking on y'all's end Slow and steady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so since you can't see this on the, the podcast, <laughs> I'll narrate a little. So Leslie has sort of working from the, the bottom up, it looks like. Mm-hmm. That's the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> How now why is that? Uh so that my stencil doesn't erase. Okay. So as I'm working from the bottom, I lay a line of ink, I wipe, and so only wipe the bottom portion, oh, okay. and it still leaves the top visible. Yeah. And Leslie, I'm getting curious about your tattoo to yeah. give you a now on your, your right arm. Yes. What are those about? Uh, I have a few, um, I've treated my arm kind of like my passport, 
So anywhere that I've kind of traveled, I've just kind of picked up a tattoo. Um, so the ones you see right towards my wrist, it's a salt and pepper shaker. Uh, but the pepper shaker has the letter M for my friend Marlene. She's my pepper. She's a little darker than my friend Deirdre, <laughs> who's my salt. And um, Oh, I never knew that. Yeah, I always say they're the spice of my life. So I just sh sh shake it on me. <laughs> and uh, so I got that tattoo when we were in Brazil a few years ago. And uh, yeah, so they're, they're my travel buddies. I also have them on the other side. Um, we're divers. Um, so last year we were in Australia and we dove the Great Barrier Reef. So right after that, just got a tattoo. And so that's me right in the middle as a diver. And then they're in the background. They're like the little silhouettes. Um, and it's just kind of to, to remember our trip. Those are my souvenirs, tattoos. Yeah. What's so great about the Barrier Reef? What's so good about a good times van when you're working on a broken, working on a broken, working on a broken man? Old 97s. I feel like that's a song lyric. <laughs> <laughs> I don't listen to a lot of old 97s. And is, is that an actor on your arm? Yes, it's, it is. It is a portrait of Pedro Infante. That's who I thought it was. You recognize I him. I do. He's normal. I normally see him in a bigger hat. <laughs> yes, he usually has a big, huge mariachi hat. Right. Um, and the hat that he's wearing right now is from his role as a motorcycle cop when oh. he was in Mexico City. And so that's cool you recognize him. Usually... I you didn't know. even recognize him. Yeah, you yeah, didn't recognize him. Dave. My Look parents. Up at that. You know, and usually when I go You're to a Mexican, Mexican restaurant, yeah, I go to a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> I get hooked up with all the chips and salsa <laughs> because the busters always know who he is. Yeah. You know, and so that's a dashing portrait that you have right thank there. Thank you. It's one of my favoriteest ones. Um, I got it mostly because my grandma and I would always watch his movies. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was a big, huge fan. And, of course, I was a big, huge fan. She'd always say, oh, my God, he's my boyfriend. I was like, no, <laughs> he's my boyfriend. <laughs> but um, a little funny fact, he's from the same little tiny town where my mom's side of the family is from, which is El Rosario. And it's, like, population 10,000. I mean, it's really, really small. And it's been growing. It's 10,000, like, now. Um, what state is it? Is that in? It is in the state of Sinaloa. Okay. So whenever we go, you know, we fly out to Mazatlan and then we drive, like maybe an hour in the land into land, and um, there's nothing but like tomato crops and out there and mangoes. It depends on the season, but yeah, big huge ranch community, and so yeah, that's Pedro Infante. He is when people don't know who he is, they're like, oh, what do you do? <laughs> uh, you know, I always say... Who is Pedro Infante? Who, who is Pedro? Who are you? Yeah, I always <laughs> say if you were to mix Frank Sinatra and Elvis Presley together and they had a baby in the 40s in Mexico, <laughs> then it would be Pedro Infante. I would put some Gary Cooper in there, too. And Gary Cooper. Because he, he was pretty dashing. Yeah. I want to see a movie about Frank Sinatra 
and Elvis Presley having babies <laughs> together in the 40s in Mexico. <laughs> that would be a good That's story. That's called slash fiction. <laughs> the fact that you spoke it means it exists somewhere on the internet. Or yeah. it will. Is it on Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We gotta start with a screenplay. Come on, screenwriters. Come on, LA. <laughs> Make it happen. Yeah. But a very, I met a very lovely girl. Very lovely girl. Who was like, if Zoe Deschanel and Christina Hendricks had a baby. Ooh. Oh, oh, Amber, you met. I don't know what you're talking about. I can neither confirm nor deny. What other adventures did everybody been having? I told them about the car wreck. We, we have a car wreck so far, and we have a golf ball accident. Um, so Not that's... my children that I had to take care of. <laughs> Bloody forehead. Oh, that was really high. Oh, everything's okay now, but it was pretty stressful. Yeah, during... a lot of kids will do that. Stress you out. Then that just makes me not want to have children. Like, <laughs> like the children are just like I can barely take care of my cat. You know, how do you take care of like another human being? Cats are are very um, self sufficient, though. The nice thing about them. But they're also just like children because when they want something, they will let you know. Yeah, right that now. is true. And they want it now. And yeah. they want it now. When my cat is hungry in the morning and I don't, there's no food, she'll like drop shit and wake me up so I can get up. And she won't leave me alone until I feed her. Well, sometimes I throw a <laughs> pillow at her and then she's like, all right, mom, I'll let you sleep in for a little bit longer. I have, I have heard tell of uh, these uh, insistent cats. Brody, do your cat and dog ever make cameos on the podcast? Oh, yeah, they do. You uh, hear Bronco at the beginning of this episode. And, um, yeah, Ike is a, a frequent contributor to the podcast. And um, Daisy just had an interaction with Ike, uh, what, Sunday? Or? No. So who's the dog, who's the cat? Uh, the dog's name's Bronco. There's another dog, Henrietta Collins. Um, and then there's three cats, Sweet Kitten, Ike, and Freddie Mercury. Nice. Oh, that's Freddy's what the, the fluffy one. one. Yeah, yeah, he's never on the show or in the room. He's a recluse. Yeah. He shuns the spotlight. Yeah. Uh, Very unlike Freddie Mercury. <laughs> um, we were, Amber, also talking about New Year's resolutions. Have you made any? I don't really make resolutions. I kind of fell off making resolutions. And uh, haven't really looked back. I did do a, um, I do a uh, sort of like a, I'd like to accomplish list, mm -hmm. like things that I want to do in the coming year. Um, but it's not, like I'm not like lose 10 pounds or, you know, stop smoking because I don't smoke. So that would be easy. Um, but I smoked with you at the Julia Ruin show. What I smoke. I'm not a smoker. <laughs> it's not like, I can't even finish a pack in a month. So I consider that not a smoker. Not smoking. <laughs> I consider that not smoking. I joked that I tried to start smoking um, just because I needed a vice. I was giving up other vices, and I was like, I need something. Yeah, I do think that humans, like, well, me at least, like, there, there, ha there has to be, like, some kind of, it, it's like one of those little puzzles where there's all the, the different letters, and there's, like, the one space, and, like, you move things <laughs> around, and... Um, 
where like if I if I do if I clean up one part of my life, like something else falls to shit. Like I I I don't know. I I had a, like a I was I was being really good about like eating well and exercising. And so I started to like just watch really bad TV on the computer. <laughs> and then I was like, this is not how I want to like end each day. You needed some kind of I need junk. to read a book. So I was like, okay, and then I started reading books and then and then like I kept forgetting to brush my teeth at the end of the night. It's like yeah, just my subconscious is like, we need to have a bad habit. We need something to fix. Yeah, it's kind of the, the, the human soul is a little bit like a Jenga puzzle. Yeah, exactly. I, I've been experiencing that as of late. Yeah, you're you're into fitness. So, like, do you have advice? <laughs> uh, yes. Do I not know you as well as the other people in this room? <laughs> There's just some stories from lately. Um, I don't even, I don't want to talk about that. Just, one. Uh, ruining cars. <laughs> ruining cars, yes. Wrecking cars. Wrecking cars, wrecking lives, breaking hearts. The, the Brody way. <laughs> the zine life. See? So I'm curious about, like, all the, the, the competing studios in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Like, are there ones that are known for different specialties? Like, if you really mm-hmm. want to... I don't know. A dragon tattoo good this studio, but if No, because that's more by artists. Um some are popular because they're owned by say like a famous artist. You know, there's um high voltage tattoo, which is Kat Von D's shop. Mm-hmm. And then um Oliver Peck true tattoo is like right next door to us. And um, each shop kind of has its own uh, story and style, but I would definitely say it's the the tattoo artists that make the shop. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you come to work for the one that you work for? Ink uh, Candy, did you say that? Ink Candy, yes. I kind of knew the shop manager at that time. Uh, we uh, met up at a bloodborne pathogens class because it's very important to know, you know, how to protect yourself, how to protect your client, to make sure everything is totally clean and you don't contaminate anything. Um, and so we just kind of became friends, and there was an opening, and I went checked it out, and you know, started working there. I said that I was interested in like knuckles. It's easy in life. Right. Not my knuckles, but I played the knuckle game. I learned the knuckle game from Alex Rec. From Alex Rec. Yeah. Best game ever. What's the knuckle game? So you have two. You have it, all it takes is a sharpie and three people. That's it. And uh, so you put your knuckles out and two different. Actually, you do it like this. So uh-huh. so two different people write a four letter word across your knuckles and then you bring it together and you see what it says. <gasps> That's a great game. It's awesome. It's so much fun. Oh my fun. god, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to parties with a Sharpie in my bag from now on. <laughs> we are gonna go to parties with Sharpie. Yeah. The yeah. Sharpie Cheryl's brigade. Party buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot mine. Let me see. I need to plug it. Actually, Amber, you were you were at Skylight. 
the night, right? We all went? Yes. So, so you have met Cheryl before, because she read. It was in June, and I had less hair. Yes. <laughs> if you say that you, you had really, really less hair. I had hair. super short hair. Right. Yeah. Like, very. It was, it was closely like. Closely cropped, right? It was three months post-chemo hair. There you go. It was totally chemo hair. <laughs> so it was funny because it's sort of like, you can either think of it as like, I either just got my hair cut or I had never gotten my hair cut ever. <laughs> yes, I do remember that. That was great. That, that was really great. Nice. I loved it. It was a fun night, fun meeting. Yeah, a bunch of us went back to uh, my, my place, my old place after and we had tea and lemonade party and people drank did people drink yeah oh i don't drink but people drink that if that was during june though right that was sober june oh so me and you didn't drink yeah but other people drank yeah sober june was that was that a june resolution Mm -hmm. i had gotten really trashed at a wedding in palm springs in may like and uh, which is ideal podcasting yeah. material. Right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So I decided to take John Lennon. Uh-huh. Actually, our friend Aurora. It was all Auroras. Yeah. Doing Aurora Lady. She. Um, I just hopped on that bandwagon. Oh, Leslie, you should check on Aurora. I think you are of, of the artistic eye. Mm. Might dig her stuff as well. Mm. Um, she's a pop girl. Girl pop visionary. Uh-huh. Girl pop visionary. Um, yeah, so she, uh, Aurora kind of led the charge for like, hey, we're doing Sober June. So Amber and I joined in. Mm-hmm. And I tried to, uh, in addition to not drinking, I avoided refined sugar and caffeine. Um, which turned but now out... you're walking around with a bag of Tootsie Rolls, so <laughs> I like right? how far you've come. <laughs> well, refined sugar was hard, but it's probably not impossible um, mm-hmm. to do. Um, but caffeine was not... Caffeine doesn't work for me. I not love do caffeine. caffeine so much. I, yeah. I, you know, I had heard so many people say, oh, I stopped drinking caffeine and I was so much less anxious and I got to sleep better and, you know, like I just felt better. After, you know, you get over the caffeine headaches, obviously, because mm-hmm. most of us are somewhat dependent on it. Um, but I was like, okay, I'll give it 30 days. So I'll give it 30 days. And, like, just none of those mm-hmm. things happened. I didn't sleep better. Um, I wasn't, you know, I didn't find natural reserves of energy mm-hmm. to carry me through. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so caffeine is good. You know, yeah. for me. Well, everybody's body is different, right? right? Yeah. Like, so your body is like, hey, caffeine is what we do. Right. And I can't do too much caffeine. Yeah. So, you know, you can overdo it. And I do have to do it in moderation. I actually, I can only drink, um, I can only, I used to be able to drink a lot of caffeine, but I can only drink a little bit now and not, if I want to go to sleep, I can't drink it after like three. Well, there's all these studies about like coffee being good for you, so it's like good for your heart, right? Yes, for in moderation. For all things, things in moderation, except moderation. <laughs> what does moderation, Mo- moderation, moderation even look like? <laughs> I am extremely moderate. <laughs> I am moderate in excess. We we used to say my ex brother in law was like he was like a fanboy for mainstream culture. <laughs> 
Like, anything that everybody liked, he really he liked. really liked. <laughs> he fe- I wonder if he felt never alone. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, like it was like cheers for him always. Yeah. Everyone always knew what he was talking about. They never looked askance, you know? Like, he always found someone <laughs> who, could, who could relate to him. I wonder what that's like. I know. <laughs> I don't know. That's what's great about, like, working in Los Angeles. Like, I'm in the television industry, but, like... You have to say it through your teeth. Oh, I work in the television industry. <laughs> well, it's reality television, so I can't do <laughs> that. Potty about it. But, it's very lucrative. But, like, you know, it's a bunch of, you know, it's people we've had on the show. Like, Sarah, who does Pimp Killa, and Jared Sams. Like, you know, we all work together, and we're all, like, zine folks and comic book folks and stuff. So it's a kind of a neat experience to be at work. And I'm sure, you know, Cheryl, you have this because your work is about poetry and writing. Like, to be at the office and be like, oh, did you see that thing? And it's, you yeah. know, everybody knows you guys can, you know, relate on that level. Yeah, it's nice, nice to find your people and have them close by. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Amen, sister. Iris Porter, who does the <coughs> DIY series of books, DIY PDX, and... There's another one she did. She's doing DIY LAX about the DIY scene in Los Angeles. And I just contributed like a, a 700 word thing about uh, LA Zine Fest, the kind of the origin story, how uh, the founders got together and, and, and just, you know, have done those events and stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's the thing that's coming out at some point in the next couple months. I think it's going to debut at LA Book Fair. Are you all involved in that at all? Yeah, we're going to have a booth. Okay. In April. Is it in April? Okay. Um, which is, I, I believe, put on by Printed Matter, which is a New York organization, but I think they have an L.A. group. LA oh, group. am I... Uh, I mean the wrong... Maybe I was just thinking that. the big L.A. Times book festival. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh there's yeah, that, yeah. too, yeah, which is... is there, there's another There's LA? something called, like, the L.A. Book Fair, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I know you're talking about... Oh, the Yeah, LA that's Times. the big one. That's big. Yeah, yeah. I've never been. I mean, it's, it's sometimes a little overwhelmingly big. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's a little bit of a victim of its own success, right? <laughs> Do they always was it in the, it was on the west side last year, right? Or did they always have it on the west side? No, it's it's started at UCLA and it was right. on the UCLA campus up until like maybe three years ago, two okay. years ago, um, and then it's been at USC for the past two or three years. Oh, wow! Yeah. I'm sure it had something to do with, I don't know, <laughs> Some rich how much people. they were charging. <laughs> yeah. Or just the rivalry. That rivalry is sort of legendary. Yeah. You know, I, I moved the table. That was loud. Yeah, it's okay. Um, and <laughs> I don't want there to be a big zigzag across your tattoo. <laughs> like, oh, no, but I, I don't know. I don't know what you're, well, Leslie, you were talking about your, relationship with sports so I don't know if you're a sports fan but like I am not a sports fan and I feel like every time I told people that I went to UCLA like just you know random people like my dentist they would suddenly start talking like UCLA versus USC sports and be like (laughs) and I mean at the time that I was there UCLA had a good football team and then I guess they subsequently had a bad football team. <laughs> like, I don't know this. I just think that's it. It's up and down. Yeah. 
like rely on other people to keep me updated about the rivalry. I work in a law firm, and there are a lot of people who are really into sports. Like just everybody, a lot of people who work there, and just the weirdest. I can't remember. There was something happening recently. Some some big thing that a lot of people were talking about. Obviously, I don't. I'm not a fan, so I don't know what it was. Oh, but there was a big sports thing. When there was we a big that. game, there were two teams, and they were playing each other. Was, was there a, a ball? Big deal. Probably. There may have been a ball, maybe a puck. I don't know. But um, what was the weirdest thing that I heard, and I heard it like three times that day, so it like totally like resonated in my brain was the way that people were talking about it. They were like, we did this and we did that. And you know, and it was like, you're not on the team. I know. You know, like there's, I, I get it. I mean, I get the like, you know, that's my team, but they were talking as if they actually did these things. Yeah. And they did. It confused me too. But I, I don't know. I mean, maybe those are, maybe Your pronouns it's a slippery are slope me. to like plagiarizing comic books. <laughs> <laughs> We made this. Like you just, your team spirit is so strong that you think you did it. You That's did. what I was trying to envision. I was like, when would I ever say I wrote this? You right. know, like, so when I wrote this and when I said this, I was like, I wouldn't say that. Yeah. I would never say that. I only say we if we're winning. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, see. Winning. There you go. A little psychology there for you. Right. Maybe I think that's probably true. I don't. I think they were speaking about whatever happened in very glowing terms. They weren't like we sucked. So, so this part that Leslie's doing now feels really good. It's uh, the uh, the, sh- the shading and the uh, right shadowing. Yep. Yeah. We're adding the values. It's like a a needle massage on my arm. It's really nice. I'm gonna say that next time when you're screaming. Get ready for your needle massage. Needle massage. I like that. Stop crying. It's a needle massage. The skull on my my sleeve on my left arm. Yeah, so much shading and stuff that went in there. It's great. I just need to see like the. I hate the shading part for me. It hurts more. I don't mind the line work. Yeah. I'm I'm good with the line work, but I love the shading. Oh, we're gonna shade this thing. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna get shaded. Wow. What's that that phrase that about uh I hear it a lot, like throwing shade. That's like a that's like a drag. It's a drag thing, thing. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I learned from RuPaul's drag race. Okay. Oh, show I ever. learned from um it was on um uh Paris is Burning. Oh, oh which yeah, is a documentary that's true. about that's like the original. Yeah, that's the OG. Um, pop exposure to drag queens. Yeah. And what's the saying again? I haven't heard it. Throwing shade. It basically means you're sort of like um, talking smack. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking hating. smack. You are. Hating, but it's a yeah. it's it's an art form. You know, it's oh. like the way you know the way that you throw shade. We're missing the best part. The microphones went out, and uh, the whole time we had been talking about. It went from a full examination of drag culture and history um, into drag houses. I made a Harry Potter reference. We came up with a a new slash fiction about drag queens and Harry Potter uh, houses called Hogwarts is Burning. I'm so sorry you missed that. I'm so sorry, Cheryl Klein.
Um, Cheryl left uh, at some point, and uh, our microphones actually pick up shortly after that. Our friend Cheryl had to leave. Um, it was awesome to have her on the show again. You should check her out at Bread and Bread dot blogspot.com or on twitter at meadow bat um the tattoo on my arm is done and feeling good daisy is having hers uh inked as we speak yo 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 <laughs> <laughs> leslie's checking her out wiping her down on the arm there uh amber come can you come sit yes. for a minute to wrap I this may. with me i could that is something i could do Tell everybody what I gave you for Christmas. What did you give me for Christmas? I got the book, uh, uh, Sister Spit uh, book. But oh yes, oh that book, that lovely book by Yumi. Um, I think I am in friend love with you. Yes. Available at your neighborhood local Urban Outfitters as well. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just it's so I keep like I'm sharing it with my mom and my sister and. Um, it's such a cute, precious book. Yeah. It's really, really nice. Yeah. But you, you got what I was saying, right? Uh, no. What were you, was there a message there? Never mind. Is there supposed to be some? Forget I'm not it. good at hints, so <laughs> you're going to have to be a little clearer. I mean, like, if it was, like, the title of the book, maybe I would get what maybe you were talking you about. But other than that, I'm at a loss. All right. Well, Daisy and I are on the same page because we're matching now. We <laughs> matchy, have, matchy. Yeah. Matching friendship tattoos. <laughs> it happened. It's real. You guys are in a gang now, right? Like, you know that you're in a gang now. I'm in a couple gangs Matching right now. tattoos like, equals gang. Brody has multiple gang appeal. I do have multiple gang appeal. <laughs> I am I'm I'm in dis, I'm, I'm I'm not gonna say the name. It's a secret <laughs> secret punk gang where I had to do push ups to get in. Takati muscle so, crawls. So are you saying you're courted by several gangs? Constantly. Constantly courted, eh? Yeah. Um Yeah. I I'm, I'm I, I think I might get honorary girl gang status at some point if I keep <laughs> If I if I if you wear the fang gang fangs the yeah eye maybe I fangs I could do that. perhaps I'll, you could rock some fang we'll, fangs we'll ask Aurora she uh, did mine um yeah so Amber can now be found on Twitter at Amber yes Am, Amber Hardfem at, at Amber Hard. Amber Hardfem um, Daisy uh, still at daisynoemi.wordpress.com. I am still at fairday.com, and of course you can always listen to Shaky Town Radio um, besides iTunes or our RSS feed at our Tumblr page, which you can get to just from the URL, shakytownradio.com. Uh, Leslie, where can we find you online, or can we? You can go to www.lesliepredomo.com. It's L-E-S-L-E-Y. P-E-R-D, as in David, O, M as in Mary, O, dot com. Cool. Thank you so much for coming. It was fun Thank talking you. to you. Daisy, Zine Life. Fuck yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and Amber. Yo. How do we wrap this what up? What it is. What do, we, what do we say? What do we do? With a whimper or a bang? That's the question. Always or do we uh, rage against the light? 
Well, there's no more light because it's dark. It is dark. Here at the Eagle's Nest, night has fallen. It's uh, below freezing uh, across 90% of the country. 90%? Yep. What? Global warming. Yep. But, but, Which but, is also a symptom, by the way. It doesn't have to be warm for global warming to be. It's true. Did you guys feel the earthquake earlier today in Marina del Rey 3.1? What? No. No. That's not That's an earthquake. That's a heavy truck going by. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Don't talk to me till it's 6.0. <laughs> <Very true. laughs> but that's how the we got the name Shaky Town. That's Shaky Town Radio. And so I'm, you ended with a with a whimpery what? earthquake. No. <laughs> I ended with a wonderful uh, explanation of the show title. <laughs> that too. Yeah. That too. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week or in a couple weeks. We're, I mean, this is the ramp up to LA Zine Fest. Like, this is what we've been waiting for all Get year. Get ready. To be Get ready. Get ready. Five weeks. Yeah, I know. Inter- many interviews with uh, organizers and vendors and readers. And we're going to tell you a lot more about the reading soon. Um, what my involvement, what Daisy's involvement is in that. Um,. You know, that's going to be at uh, Beyond Baroque in Venice on February 15th. Uh, the lineup and times and what exactly we have to do with any of this, we'll talk to you about soon. Um, can't hardly wait. Yeah, I can confirm Erica Sender uh, is our MC. And I can confirm... I think that's all I'm allowed to confirm. <laughs> Uh, or or why I'm in Your any listeners will just have to stay tuned. to confirm anything. Yes, we're still working on the contracts. <laughs> still working on the licensing agreements. Um, and then the event itself, of course, uh, at Helms Bakery, February sixteenth, Sunday, from like noon to five, I believe. Daisy and I will have a table right next to Erica and Alyssa, who you need to meet. We'll have her on the show very soon. And uh, for those details, go to lazinefest.com. Um, until Leslie shows up at your door with uh, her mobile <laughs> hey. unit, I am Brody Foster Hubbard. And what's so great about the barrier reef? Yeah, and what's so bad about art? I don't do that. Stop. And then where's the save button? Uh, you have to go to file save. So I stop it? Yeah, you just hit the uh, stop button.